Welcome to Before the Bestseller, where we talk with our favorite authors, entrepreneurs, and oftentimes authorpreneurs about the exact steps and processes they used to build their brand, sell their books, and grow their businesses. I'm excited to have you on board for this episode. My name is Alex Rathi, fellow author and founder of advancedamazonads.com and podpr.co. I hope that you're able to take away at least one new bit of knowledge or tactic from this episode that you can use to make a world of difference in your own journey. If you do find one, let me know what it was in a review and anything that we can do to make the show a more enjoyable listening experience. For access to our free Amazon advertising course, visit us at advancedamazonads.com slash before the bestseller. John Sonnez is most well-known for the Complete Software Developer's Career Guide, which has over 800 reviews on Amazon. He's also the founder of the Simple Programmer blog and YouTube channel, where he reaches 1.4 million software developers yearly with a central message. Technical skills alone aren't enough for a successful career or life. He transitioned from writing about programming soft skills to writing about building something he calls the Bulldog Mindset. In this episode, we talk about what he was doing leading up to the book and how each book he's launched has had a distinct purpose along his author journey. John Sonnes, thank you so much for taking the time to come on Before the Bestseller today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I have a large range of questions to ask you regarding many of your successful books. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you is because you didn't just write one book and you know, call it a day. You actually have multiple well-selling books. You seem to know what you're doing in that regard. You have a YouTube channel with 277,000 subscribers, I believe uh, when I checked this morning. But I always like to start off with one essential question, a childhood story that made you who you are today. Hmm, That's an interesting question. I have to think about. I think, you know, uh, probably... Hmm. There's probably a few, but one that I can think of is I remember actually when I was in, in high school, I remember, you know, I was, I was kind of like, you know, not a very popular kid in school. I wasn't in any kind of sports or athletics or anything. And, you know, I was kind of a computer nerdy kind of, kind of kid. And I remember waking up one morning and having this thought in my head for some reason uh, that was why not me. Right. And then, and that was just this powerful thought I had in my mind. And I realized, I was like, you know, why not me? Like I genetically, you know, I can be the same as, as any, I could be anyone I want to be, right? I could be, you know, if I wanted to be one of the jocks, I could be one of the jocks. I could be one of the, you know, whatever, you know, it, it was just a choice that I was making. And so that really transformed my life. It didn't completely transform my life because I still, you know, I think at that point I was doing a lot of things for external validation, but then I realized I was like, I had this, this power. I was like, I could just act as if I'm already who I want to be. And then that sort of really got me into this mindset, which I, I still follow, which is imagine the person who you want to be, the, the, the version of yourself, and then just start acting like you're already that person. And then you become that person. And so that, that I think that really, really changed. And, and like I said, it's something that I still do because it's such a powerful concept is you can become whoever you want to be. Yeah. And John isn't joking for those that are listening. If you go to his YouTube channel, I think you ha- even have it in like your introduction video. You have pictures of you know your your former self, and it really is quite the transformation. And I think something that a lot of us can empathize with, right? Like I wasn't the cool kid either, and I think the reason why a lot of us get into doing what we do is because just like why why can't I have a you know why can't that be me that you know just gets what they want out of life? Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's that's a wonderful childhood story. 
I always like to then fast forward to a year before the writing of the complete software developers career guide. I had it right here. For those of you that can see here, it's like a 700 page book. It's a thick one. So we got some questions about that. But yeah, tell me about a, a year before this book came into being. So that book or the the first one I wrote? Or, or are you? Try, I'm just trying to figure out where you're, where you're heading with it. This was your first major success book, right? successful book, right? Or was there a... Well, Soft Skills was the first major successful one, but that one was originally traditionally published through Manning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manning actually pulled the publishing. From, I got canceled, and they pulled <laughs> the rights for the book. They're like, okay, we're canceling your your book. So I republished it. I, they get the rights reverted back to me, and so I have the second edition of that book. So that's why that one appears to be later uh, because the the first edition got pulled. Uh, that's that's the confusion is because when I was looking on Amazon, it said it came out in 2020, and I guess that was because it was actually that was the first book you published, and it was traditionally published. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, tell us a year before the writing of Soft Skills. Yeah. So let's see, a year before then, I think at that point, yeah, actually at that point, I was working a regular job as a software developer, right? I was making some courses for this company called Pluralsight, like online developer training courses. And at, at the time, you know, I was, I was, I really had gotten to my, I was hitting the gym, running. And I was working on my side business on Simple Programmer, you know, growing that blog and, and growing that audience, doing a lot of speaking engagements and, and things like that. And so it was it was right about the time I believe when I when I was in this transition phase where I was going to go independent and quit my job. And so right about I think a, a year before it, it was it was kind of where all the work that I had been putting together for the last three years was sort of culminating because at that time for maybe about two or three years. I was working a full-time job and then I was working on the business and then I was creating these Pluralsight courses every night. I was working like four hours a night every night and then, you know, eight to 10 hours a, a day on weekends. Just, you know, and I had this mindset. I, I knew that if I put in this work now that I would never have to work again in my life if I didn't, if I didn't want to. And so I just grinded for, you know, two to three years. And that was sort of really where I was, I was hitting that point where finally it was paying off. And I was getting these royalty checks, these huge royalty checks on these courses. And uh, and so that's when I started writing the book. I think I actually started writing soft skills. It took me two months to write it. So I had been through negotiations with Manning, the original publisher, and, and talking about that. And then once I had the outline and everything, I, I had just quit my job. And I said, okay, I'm just spending two months and I'm just going to write, write, write. And I you know, I wrote a chapter a day and then I spent uh, another month editing it, but that was, that was pretty much around that timeline. Two questions for you there would be, did the publisher, was the publisher interested in you because you had the blog and you had somewhat of a small following? And then second question is, did they approach you or did you approach them? Yeah. So the publisher was, was interested in me because of the audience. That's one thing that I've learned in, in publishing today. It's, it's so different, I think, than, than what it was is that you you just need an audience. I mean, no publisher, I think, is going to touch someone who doesn't have an audience because it's it used to be that the publisher sold the books. Now they're looking they for people know. with audiences because they know that's how you sell the books. You know, I had an email list of I think like forty thousand or fifty thousand developers. So they approached me and they're like, "Hey, we want you to write a book." And I was like, "Well, what kind of book?" 
And they said, you tell us whatever kind of book that you want to write. Because they already know that it's going to be successful if I have a huge audience. And they also saw that I was marketing to that audience. You know, I had internet marketing skills. So that that's kind of how that went about, which was great because most of the books, and this was also why this book was so successful, is most of the books in the technical space for software developers were all technical books, right? You know, how to program in C Sharp or Java or something like that. And I didn't, I, I didn't want to write a book like that because I didn't want to waste my time writing a book that would just die off in a year or two. I wanted to create an evergreen type of book. So I, I said, all right, I'm going to write a book about life for software developers, about soft skills of all the things that you need to know that I've learned from managing your career to marketing yourself, building your brand, to learning and education, even fitness and, and kind of some of the spiritual stuff. I just kind of made that a whole a life manual. And, and that format actually became extremely successful when the book launched. Uh, you know, it was at the number one for software development books for a long time, that, that first edition, uh, because it was, it was, it created kind of a, a red ocean or, or, or a blue ocean. Yeah. So then when did you make the jump to the complete software developers career guide and, and mm-hmm. why yeah. produce that book? Yeah. So that was, I think, I think it was about two years later. Uh, you know, I've always loved writing and well, I've been always loved writing, but since I started writing the blog, uh, you know, I used to hate writing when I was a kid, but, uh, but when I started writing the blog, I just, I just, I liked writing. Right. And I liked writing the, the first book. And so I was kind of itching to write again. And I was also out of the software development space because at that point I had quit my job. I wasn't an active software developer. I still had simple programmer and I was writing some articles and blog posts on there, but I was sort of losing touch with software development because I'm not actively working on it. That's my audience. Right. So I kind of had this idea in my head. It's like, all right, before I like lose all of this, let me put together the complete software developer career guide. And that's what I ended up calling it. it was because that's exactly what it was. I wanted to like capture the 15 years of software development experience, all, everything that I had before I lost it and give someone A to Z. You know, if I were a software developer starting out or mid-level or even advanced, like what is the complete guide that I need to know about every aspect of software development career without the technical stuff, just all the, the non-technical side of, of, of things that you need to know from managing your career, getting a job, interviews, salary negotiations, working with coworkers, you know, all of the, all of those subjects. So that, that's kind of what, what I had in my mind. And then that kind of became, you know, the, the mission. And I said, all right, you know, I had all this other stuff going on. So I, I said, I don't really have time to write a book, but what I did was I said, all right, I'm going to come up with the outline for this book and I'm going to spend the first hour every day I'm going to do two Pomodoro. I used the Pomodoro technique to, for my productivity. And I just said every day, two Pomodoro, first two Pomodoro of the day, I will write. And I did minutes, that for six 50 months. 50 minutes on, 10 minutes off, right? Is that it? Or? Uh, 25 minutes on and five minutes off. Five minutes off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did that for six months. And that's what produced that 800 page uh, book because I wanted to be completely thorough. Every Everything that I could think of that you need to know as a software developer. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's published by Simple Programmer, correct? Correct, yeah. So uh, that's your own brand. So right. you didn't shop it around to other publishers? No, because you know what? After publishing my first book, Traditional Publisher, I realized that traditional publishers really don't do much for you. Uh, when I talked to their marketing, I was the one coming up with the marketing ideas, right? They, I mean, they had some stuff. They had a little bit of distribution. Yeah, I don't want to say that. And they had their own mailing list. So it didn't, it, it wasn't like, it was no sales or they were, they were completely useless. They, they were, you know, they tried and they were helpful and they had their brand and, and they sold some books through that. But a majority of the books, when I looked at that 
that first book, I sold myself, right? I probably sold 9% of them and they sold 10. Yet I was getting 10% of the royalties and they were getting 90%. So I said, wait a minute, there's there's a problem here. Like the, the value here is not the book, it's the audience. That's the yeah. value, right? Because it didn't matter what kind of book I produced. I mean, you know, producing a good book got some word of mouth, which expanded it and, and, and grew it. But ultimately any book that I published that was coming from me was going to become a bestseller at least at the beginning because of my audience. And so I realized that's a valuable asset. So when I went to create this, the second book, you know, that's where I said, all right, it just doesn't make sense. You know, I had some offers from some publishers. And in fact, uh, when I published this, the second book, uh, you know, I had a really, you know, huge launch plan that I, I came up with to sell a bunch of copies of the book. And I got on the wall street journal bestselling list. I think the first software development book ever to, to do that. And then I had all these publishers coming after me wanting to and I just turned them down because it just didn't make sense. I was like, what is the economics of this? You know, I'm already, I think at that point I was making right from the launch around $10,000 a month profit on the book. So I'm like, this is, you have nothing to offer me. Like what, what could you offer me in, in this case? But what did make sense, uh, which I did sell was the foreign rights. Uh, and, and I made a lot of money selling the foreign rights because that, that makes sense to, to do uh, because I'm not going to be able to publish in another country in, in language and, and have that distribution there. And, you know, it's, and a lot of the foreign countries are not completely based off of Amazon. So you're starting to love, fall in love with the process of writing books and then collecting royalty checks uh, from that month over month. How did you then, I believe it was in 18 that Stop Being Lazy came out. Why did you transition away from this audience and move towards and write Stop Being Lazy? Yeah. So, so it was kind of, there was a couple of things going on with that. So uh, one, one thing, just personally, I tend to teach like whatever I'm, I'm learning and whatever I'm involved in. Right. So when I was into software development, like, you know, I kind of, I always tell people like the way to find your purpose in life is to figure out the thing that you would do no matter what station you were in life, right? That's your purpose in life, right? So for me, my purpose in life is to take a bunch of information to consolidate, simplify that, and to teach it to other people. And so I'm always going to, if I was a janitor, I'd be teaching people the best way to mop the floor, right? That's like just what I do. So as a software developer, that was natural for me to do. But as I stopped being a software developer and became more of an entrepreneur, I started teaching that. And then I got a lot into marketing and branding. And then I really got into the business building and then really personal development. I got really deep into personal development stuff. It was, I was reading 60, 70 books a, a year. You know, I was running, started running marathons. And so it was all about kind of this, this hardcore masculinity. It was, it was kind of the, the, the where, I, where I was going personally in my own life and, and kind of exploring that aspect of things. And plus, I was getting so many emails from guys about dating and relationships and, and you know, girl troubles and these especially software developers, you know, five page emails about <laughs> broken hearts and stuff. And so, uh, so I kind of made this shift. I created this new brand called Bulldog Mindset because a lot of people on my original YouTube channel, which was Simple Programmer, they kept on saying, how do I get that Bulldog Mindset that you have? Right. Yeah. And I heard it enough times and said, okay, this is really the shift. This is who I am now is I'm Bulldog Mindset. I'm not really Simple Programmer. So I sort of shifted my brand and my image out of Simple Programmer and more into this Bulldog Mindset brand. And then as part of the Bulldog Mindset brand, one of the things I was trying to do, and this was kind of a crossover because I, I had all these videos on my YouTube channel from Simple Programmer about personal development. And I kind of had this idea. I was like, okay, I should get ghostwriters and I should get them to watch my YouTube videos because I had thousands of YouTube videos on topics 
and then write books from my own words from the YouTube. And so that's how to stop being lazy was actually one of those. It was the first iteration of that. And so I didn't actually write that book myself. I had it, it ghostwritten originally. And it's it still it, what I found was, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't exactly my, you know, I, I realized it wasn't exactly my exact tone. It, it was, you know, it, it matched it a lot. So, uh, so I ended up releasing that book as part of Bulldog Mindset. But the whole plan with that book became to use it as a lead magnet. It wasn't about the book that's, in this case. That's it was about, you know, because, and it was, the beauty of this, what, what I found was that I could get paid to get leads because <laughs> I still make a couple hundred dollars a month from this book, this little, little tiny book, but it's mostly getting people into the funnel and these are hot leads. And so I put out that book with that kind of intention. And then I ended up creating the audio version of it. And for all my books, I did audio versions, but for this one, the audio version, I then I kind of went off and I think the audio version is two or three times as long as the, the print version, because then I did put it in my own words. Then I, you know, cause I, I, I felt bad. I was like, okay, this isn't exactly, you know, so the audio version is really just me talking about these, these subjects. Uh, so, but I ended up killing that idea of, of having all these books from the YouTube because I just didn't feel like it was quite authentic enough. Uh, even though I think that strategy could work out, but the, the the bigger strategy that I that I figured out was okay. Let me create smaller eBooks that uh, ha- are are designed around a very very specific topic that will be a lead magnet for for a funnel. So, well, there you go. For those of you listening, make sure you get the audio book version of Stop Being Lazy, and yeah. then you move on to Self Confidence for Men, right? Which you become the sole writer of, I'm assuming, and then you have a really well built out funnel for that book as well. Thing includes a membership program, which we'll talk about in the second half uh, of this episode when we start talking about more so the marketing of things. But yeah, why did you then uh, move on to? And I believe this is a recent release, September of uh, 2021. Why write self confidence for men? Yeah, so that was actually a blog post that I had written on the Bulldog Mindset website because I wanted to create this kind of like really good guide for self confidence, kind of the best. I was kind of using an SEO strategy where you take something that's out there already and then you make something that's 10 times better right so that was kind of what i was going after and i did that uh, maybe a couple of years ago but i really didn't focus too much on seo for bulldog mindset website i was getting so much of my traffic from youtube and instagram uh, so i kind of had this sitting out there and it was a really good long long post and i said you know what here's a simple idea i just had this idea you know about sometime last year and i said this should be an ebook. Like this is a simple project I can do. I can just literally hire someone. I already have it all written. Just hire someone to go and take that blog post, convert it into an ebook, into a print book. And then when that's done, I can just record the audio version of it myself and, and put it out there. And then I'll have a, a whole nother lead magnet uh, that I can just connect to. You know, I had an existing funnel for the membership, but I could connect it through self-confidence. And I haven't finished executing on that plan because I've been busy with some other projects, but what I'd like to do is just, you know, get into a cadence where I start shipping an ebook like that once a month with a different funnel on different, you know, basically targeting different problems that men have. I think that would be a really, really solid strategy. And then it also kind of, you know, it works. I think one of the great things that, that works in the Amazon ecosystem is the more books you have, the more cross-selling that you have. So imagine if you had, you know, a hundred ebooks like this that were that were short ebooks that were super hyper-targeted towards a specific problem that a man has. And then all of those were connected to funnels that led into one, one system. I, I think you could really kill it doing that. So 
Yeah, that's a great strategy. It's something we talk about all the time is, yeah, your read through, right? It's very popular with fiction authors because mm-hmm. it's seamless. You go from book one to book two, book, book three. But yeah, if you're writing a bunch of topics on, you know, different you know problems that men have, then it's it's kind of a seamless read through, which is, you know, very relevant. That covers it for you know, just talking about your books. The transition from each one gives people some background on your story. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. I know this is just one of the hundred ways you could have spent this time. If it met the goal from the beginning of the episode or didn't, please leave me a review so I can continue to improve the show. Reviews also help us to bring on bigger and bigger authors and entrepreneurs with even better book marketing blueprints to share with us. That's all I have. Until next time.